Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open, or you just love the convenience of no-shells pistachios, wonderful pistachios is the perfect healthy snack when hunger strikes. I happen to love me my pistachios. Uh, I don't want to screw around with the nuts, so I love the no-shells pistachios. Anyway, there are a bunch of flavors to choose from, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno, lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts, and each ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number. Along with your existing contacts, ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile, and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proved to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Literally, $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Rob, it is so exciting that you finally have a job. How many jobs does Rob Lowe need? I should be like cruising into my dotage. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Literally Glad That You um, Are With Us. The great Jim Gaffigan is joining us. Um, Just a funny, multi-talented, interesting dude. And uh, I love when I have funny people on the show. And he does not disappoint. Stay with us. In the entertainment industry, you're like the Jeff Bezos (laughs) of entertainment people. Because as we've charted your career, you're like, oh, he's on... West Wing. Oh, he's on uh, Parks and Recreation. Oh, he, uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on. And Rob, what I need to know is. Yes, sir. What are you running from? My inner child is so petrified mm-hmm. of quiet. Yeah. Of just simple quiet. That if I'm not on a set with, you know, 200 people, mm-hmm. you know, happy to see me or unhappy to see me, but acting like they're happy to see me. Right. Probably more truthfully. Literally. Um, literally. I'm literally. I'm literally. So I've listened to every episode of this. No, podcast. you haven't. No, but Come like on, if not I everyone. did, would, does everyone talk about the name of the podcast? No one's ever talked about it. Because my 12-year-old daughter, I forget her name. She went through a phase where she would say, literally, 
literally. Come on. I love her already. Yeah. She was uh, very excited about it. <laughs> and she was like 11 at the time. It wasn't like a cute little kid. It was a sassy preteen that was like, literally. You're from Indiana. I, my, my dad, my dad's a Hoosier. I grew up in spending a lot of time in Anderson and Lake Wawasee learning how to water ski. So what your dad was like, he was like the one good looking guy in Indiana. He's like, we got to get out of here. They ran him out with pitchforks. My favorite is he, <laughs> he tells this great story, but like when he, he graduated from UVA, he went to UVA law school and he was like, I got to figure, figure out which big city I'm going to go practice in Indianapolis or Dayton. And he chose Dayton. You what, you grew up in Dayton. Oh my gosh. But you were such a young, you had like the young uh, success. Like you were working when you were 18. I, right? was, I had my, my first TV series at 15. That's, I mean, why were you so lazy? Why'd you wait so long? I don't know. I, I, you know what it was, Jim? I was like, you know what? I know what I want to do. I want to start paying taxes now. Yeah. For the rest of your life. You know, what's interesting. So you're Midwestern, you're trash like me. There's a very specific Indiana iteration of that. And I'm definitely one. <laughs> but no one ever assumes like you're Midwestern. People look at me and they're like, that guy's from the Midwest. But like people never look at you and go, oh, that guy's from like, sub he's from like a, a suburb of Indianapolis. Yeah. You have what I like to call Bob Evans face. That's, I mean, are you saying that's, that's code for good looking, right? It, it is. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you walked into a Bob Evans, there might be a picture of you at some point going, celebrating his 100th birthday. I might be working there. But you know what they say? God does not give with both hands. Right. Can't have everything. So you're kind of a closet Midwestern conservative, aren't you? I am not. I was a very, very left-wing Democrat for many, 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 many years. And then I had kids, which changes. I don't need to tell you, you've made a career about talking about kids and what what that does. And and then I became finally became a registered independent. I'm truly, 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 truly the swing voter that you read about, but never meet. Yeah, I think. Most of America is like that. I mean, I would say that I grew up uh, in this ruby red state, you know, so like I like during the Bush years, I really I might not have agreed with a lot of it, but I understood the appeal of it. So like that Republican era stuff made sense. But now none of it makes sense. to me. Even in those days, the rhetoric was pretty hot, but 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 I think the difference was is they b- both people knew it was rhetoric. Remember the Bugs Bunny cartoon, the Warner Brothers cartoon, where it's the fox. Hang on, it's the big shaggy dog who's chasing the coyote, and they fight each other all day long. And then the whistle on the factory blows, and they shake hands and go eat lunch. Do you remember that that whole thing? Well, that's what politics used to be like. Yeah. Well, during the Civil War, if you watched uh, that that documentary, which is amazing, they would fight. And then they would have tea together and then they would go back to fighting. Whereas, I don't know. I mean, I know that like a lot of people think they're hoping that you and I, you know, an actor and a comedian that's better looking than you can get together and can solve this. And I think we can. But it's it is interesting bringing the temperature down. I don't know. 
Well, listen, you're you're around this. See, this is where you see what a pro had become. See, Jim, you're out touring the country with your your new show. That was amazing. I came right out of what we were actually talking about. And then now this is why you're on the show. And, and it just seemed like it wasn't a plug at all, although it is for your show. No, and it's this is not a plug for my Netflix special at all. This is just I wanted to talk to you. And this isn't um, this is not just like some mistake you made to Conan to agree to do this. And then you regret it immediately. This is you enjoy this. You know what I mean? Yes. And you would never you would never sully your art by actually promoting it. No, I would never. I mean, it's like if I had a Netflix special that came out on December 21st, I would never bring it up. No. No. And well, you'd, you'd bring it up, but I think bring, I think the date part makes it seem a little sweaty. I don't think you should right. really ever, right? You never would actually say the date. You know, I'm an artist. You know what I mean? And I don't believe in censorship unless they want me to not say something. You know what I mean? Because then I'm like, all right, fine. Yes. Um, but the, the Netflix special in all series is, is the filmed version of the latest tour is that right yes well you know that's the whole tricky thing when you're a comedian you do a special how long do the, let me ask you this. how long do the once the special comes out yeah how long can you do that material for typically until it airs until it airs but there's an unspoken agreement that people that come to shows that it's going to be new but wait i've had it's so funny because i've had um i don't know if you're aware of this jim but i i also tour with my own show. Yes. Well, you also have a couple books, but people were, were saying, well, if you ever film it, then you, there's a, there's a, there's a little bit of time where you can still do that material. But obviously after, I don't know what, however many dates is you can't, you can't go out and do the same thing over and obviously, but I was wondering how long you will tour this after it drops on December 21st. Yeah. I call it plop, uh, plop and drop. Oh, I like that. I'm st- can I steal that joke? Yeah, no, that's that's a keeper. Uh, oh, to answer your question, but like once the special comes out, I mean, once you tape it, it's a completely different task creating material. You go from like creating to editing to refining. And um, but it's I mean, I, you know, this is my ninth special. I, I really enjoy the process. When you're filming them, do you I mean, there's only so much one can do to film a stage show. It is it sort of is what it is. There are only so many angles. You know, you don't want the the filming to be intrusive to the audience. I mean, but like that said, how how creative have you ever been tempted to get or do, like, do you have certain do you ever watch somebody's show and go, oh, I love the way they shot that. That was a, a different take. Yeah, I feel as though in the end, particularly with a comedy special, it really comes down to the material and uh, the uh, performance of it. It's the camera angle is as cute as you get. As beautiful as these theaters are, it you know it's uh, people's time uh, is very precious. It's not like you know uh, you can have the House of Cards four minute opening tracking shot, and then, and then someone says one word. It's like you got to earn every every uh, moment or so. Yeah, it's um, the play. I was looking at the places you're playing there. Those are big old places. Yeah, it's it's absurd. It's weird because I didn't have an expectation that comedy would get to this point or necessarily I would get to this point. But uh, yeah, there's some, you know, arenas 15 years ago were a horrible place for comedy. 
but that technology has uh, advanced so dramatically so the audio everyone can hear it everyone can see it you know and some something you know as as you know we all know going to a live event the larger the event the more excitement you know human beings around uh, other human beings enjoying the same thing is pretty electric and you know by the way the first time i think i met you in person uh was uh at uh through a uh colts thing an indianapolis colts thing and so like those live uh, you know with in the case of the colts the the a live nfl game is just it's electric you know it's a different kind of vehicle that you're driving like a big venue it's like driving a big bus um i've heard that I'm not saying your business, but business of people on the road is down almost an average of 30%. Would you, does that make sense? You know, some of it depends on what people you draw, you know, like people that come to my show, it could be like a whole family it could be like a 65 year old or a 12 year old. Uh, it's usually like five or 6%, but on some shows, 30%. And then also, I mean, I was very lucky. Some people had negative ticket sales. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Do you find a di- when you play casinos or that like you play the win? I see. I play the Chris Angel Theater. Do you notice a difference in the crowd reaction? I totally do. You have way more experience. I used to. Mm. I should say that I know I look very young, but um, I've been doing this for 30 years. I started when I was one. But uh, colleges and casinos, it's shifted dramatically. And some of it might be the certain venues you're at. But uh, yeah, it's a different experience. But, you know, Rob, the people, you know, your, you know, your draw is covers a gamut or, or different aspects of your career, whereas people so like there's probably some people that are like i had a crush on rob lowe when i was 20 so i'm gonna go and see rob lowe in, in the flesh whereas like no one's doing that for me like no one's coming they're coming because of my stand-up you know what i mean uh and that i have a really good body right do you show your body a lot on stage i usually wear a onesie it's usually hot pink you do you see kim kardashian on snl we swap out there have you thought about wearing as as William Shatner famously did in like season three of Star Trek when he finally was like watching and going, you know what? And he wears, goes to the girdle. Have you thought about that kind of, a Spanx kind of situation? Well, I always wear a bra because mm-hmm. I never know when I might start jogging. But a sports bra. I'm all about athletics. I always put my hair in a ponytail. How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers' man bun? I am not a fan. I think he can pull it off. I love him so much, but. Yeah, why don't you marry him? He's kind of, we want to marry him. That's the best. How great was that? <laughs> I wanted to do, do a riff of all those things we used to say. Because again, I think there's ge- geographic stuff is super, super like in, like I'll bet you, you and I have stuff that was said to us on the playground that people in like California never heard, that people in New York never heard. And it's like the, like when we would order um, a soft drink, it was a pop in, in Ohio. It was like, do you want a pop? By the way, I worked on a movie and there was a guy who had this, there's a quiz that will, it, you'll answer questions like pop, 
did you call it a firefly or whatever? And they will tell you where you grew. Lightning bug versus firefly. We were lightning bugs. Well, I've been traveling around. And I've lived outside of the Midwest. I got it wrong. Like it picked that I grew up in Reno. By the way, we, we didn't make a sandwich. We fixed a sandwich. You fixed a sandwich. Oh my God. You know what? You just, I just had that overwhelming like nostalgia. So did we. I hadn't thought of. I haven't thought of it since I was ten years old. I'm gonna go fix a sandwich. One hundred percent. My mother was an English teacher, and she was on it. So, I've got a lot of sort of ar- archaic, sort of proper English usage that that people not only don't pay attention to anymore, they actually don't like it. I. You know what drives me crazy? Mental. R I P. If you can't say. They were a wonderful person and I love their this or their that. Or like, give me something. Don't just give me RIP. It's the word. I just hate it so bad. Well, you know what that's similar to? That's similar to the prayer hands emoji. It is a very, very lazy. It's like, I'll pray for you, but I won't even type out that. Here's what I always knew. Before emojis existed, I knew when someone hit me with the prayer hands, they were about to fuck me. I, I knew I was like, uh oh, do not trust this person. But it's it, you have to use it in a very. It's not in the prayer, like literal, actual praying thing that w- one knows. It's that move that we all do, the vaguely bowing. I, for me, I know I, it's time to watch my back because blade's about to go into it. That's my experience with the prayer hands. As you've navigated this long career, because you're now in your seventies, yes, people don't realize there's no school on how to navigate the entertainment industry it's so when someone is in their 20s and they uh struggle through something people don't realize that it's not as if there's this track record or there's a mentor program but like when like do you feel like you dodged a lot of bullets because first of all it's funny you mentioned mentors because no one was mentoring me like i certainly didn't have like Warren Beatty calling me and going, you know what, kid? Yeah. I kind of like you and blah, blah, blah. I didn't, I didn't have that. I mean, you know, and, 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 and I don't think it really goes on and I would have loved that because I just made it up as I went along. Yeah. I mean, legitimately. But the other thing is there's no rules. I mean, what works for somebody else doesn't work for somebody else and there's so much of it is timing. And then what worked three years ago doesn't work now. 100%. Yeah, people are like, can you give me advice? I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, when I started, there were, you know, there was no Comedy Central. There was no YouTube. It's it's a completely different environment. Yeah. And w- when I started acting, there were, the entertainment business was focused on an audience of adults. Like you made movies for adults and there were kids in them. Yeah. So you could play Paul Newman's son in something. And, and then there were these offshoot, one-off you know, sort of like Bugsy Malone. Yeah. But like it wasn't, the, the business wasn't predicated totally to 18 year olds. So there wasn't that kind of work that there is now. You know, you know now every once in a while, it's an odd thing to see a movie. The, the odd movies are the ones for adults. Those are the ones that are like the one-offs now. Yeah. Where else can you go surfing and skiing? In the same day, or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky, same day, or hike through the redwoods 
and get a luxury spa treatment? There's only one answer. California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I, look, I love California. Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free, clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to Effortless Clean. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let me ask you about the concept of fame in the entertainment it, it is a currency that is oh, necessary. For sure. But for sure. there's also something, you know, it's very easy to be like, oh, I don't care. But it is repulsive. So, like, the balancing act. <laughs> I remember when you, and I was joking with it about you earlier on, is that you wouldn't sully yourself with going up promoting your material. But, like, it's like you never saw Dustin Hoffman on The Tonight Show. Yeah. You literally actually did never see Warren Beatty ever on TV. I mean, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. You wouldn't see, I tell you what, you wouldn't see Bruce Springsteen in the Super Bowl. I can tell you that. Bruce is a smart guy. But the reality is, <laughs> is I see this in comedy, is that comedy, similar to the notion of liberty, is always shifting. And so there are comedians that are great during certain decades. But like, if you are not, mm-hmm constantly adjusting to the change of the public appetite or our understanding i mean you you know you growing up in date me growing up in indiana it's like we wouldn't even fathom 
uh, trans rights. And I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. You know, as uh, I think it's great. My my 17 year old daughter is an advisor to me on all this stuff. And so the society is always shifting. And so I do think that people I don't necessarily I mean, I love acting and I've, I've enjoyed every opportunity I've had. But I think navigating through different decades, similar to stand up comedy, you have to adjust to the realities of different decades. And everybody has different tastes. Yeah. But if jokes don't kind of take, for me, if they don't kind of take my breath away a little bit, it's just not as good as the ones that do. Now, and when you mean breath away, you meaning like if it doesn't surprise you or shock you. Surprise me, shock me, a little bit of, I can't believe they went there, as the kids would say. Uh, I would say on some level, people love that shock stuff. But we also loved uh, another son of Dayton, Jonathan Winters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we also... My dad worked at Winters Bank. We, we also loved, uh, you know, Bob Newhart. And we loved Seinfeld. And we loved Stephen Wright. And there's a different way to take your breath away. And... For sure. I do think that, like... And by the way, just yeah, to be clear, yeah. I... I don't like the the the, it, the shock value of it. It's like it's the surprise. You you said it. It's the it's the surprise as well. It, it's 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 not profanity for profanity's sake or 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 going for you know like create like I can't believe they just made a Mother Teresa AIDS joke. I'm not like it's not that. Right. Like, I'm not down it's with like, that. Stuff. Well, it's also one of those things where what you know there and you have successfully navigated. Uh, straight acting and comedy and the whole thing is is it's about authenticity too so that yes. is what we also crave but you know comedians are my brothers and sisters you know i'm gonna have to you know like even if your brother is a dick you have to defend them but like that being said i believe in uh, there's nothing wrong with being exceedingly empathetic you know, I believe in a velvet hammer. That's not to say that I don't lose my temper and I'm not a dick at times. But, you know, it's really interesting, you know, from a society or a societal uh, interpretation. And the weird thing is, is that that in all those different cases, the one thing I see that is universal in all of it is an absence of empathy. It's like, you know, I'm not saying one on one. If uh, if I was talking to you like I am right now, uh, and it wasn't being recorded, I might delve into things. But in the end, I'm a Midwestern guy, and I do know people's feelings are important. You know, and if I can control that, my language causes someone pain. You know, I think some of why I got some success is that. I, I never really engaged in the us and them. And I know I'm sure yeah. I'm sure I've been guilty of it in this. And so I don't know. I just think that like across the board, and I'm not saying I even do this, but like we should probably be like empathetic because you you're never gonna be wrong if you lean towards empathy. And that's why I'm running for senator. I am gonna Cut that down into a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to run it in every swing state. There you go. Um, yeah. 
you have how many kids? Five, seven? What is it? Five kids. Five kids. They were all born in the house? They were. Well, in the apartment. Was this because you were too lazy to go to the hospital? I'm too cheap. Oh, yes. Got it. No, you know what's interesting? (laughs) One of my friends has eight kids, which just seems bananas. She brought a friend, 17 kids, 17. The block I grew up in, in Ohio, there was the Monahans, the Richardsons, these, uh, you know, Irish Catholic families, and they all had nine, eight, 10 kids, all of them. Yeah. It was uh, unbelievable. I mean, it was great for, you know, wiffle ball. Yeah. Um, do did you have a favorite room for the birthing? We did. Did you birth all over the damn place? We uh, did it. Uh, I mean, I didn't do anything. My wife did it all. Did you, were you like drinking coffee in the other room? Going, Keep it down. I, no, I was the I was the coach. And so uh, it's bananas. Bananas. I cannot imagine it. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, but these midwives are pretty brilliant. It makes perfect sense. It actually does. It, it actually makes 100% perfect sense to me. Yeah. But I couldn't pull it off. It's not up to me anyway. It's up to our wives. I mean, they're doing all the literal heavy lifting, but yeah. I mean, I just have this, hmm, I think this corner of the living room is good. Can we move that ficus out of the way? Is that what goes on? We, we brought in, uh, you know, kiddie pool kind of thing for a right. water birth. I mean, I can't even digest dairy. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm so with you on that. You know, the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast, my dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats to keep my dogs healthy, and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has 
other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone, and an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's get back to petting our dogs. Were you a boiler maker? I was. I mean, for like a second. Are the boil? Let me ask you this, because it might be the. And with all respect to the folks at Purdue, yeah. it is either the greatest sports name or the worst, and I can't figure out which it is. Boiler makers. I like the journeyman workman, like salt of the people. But is it a person who? makes a boiler or is it is it the drink is there a drink name what is it oh there is i think there is a drink. i think there is. how i understand yeah. it but is like a guy with a wrench who's coming to kick your ass in the yeah. football field and then make a boiler as well well similar to like a lot of the things on a film set having kind of a double meaning from like boats and stuff like that like a boom mm. right uh a Boilermaker, I think that Purdue was uh, creating a football team and they went up to uh, Steel Mills in Gary and got these big, huge guys that worked on the Boilermakers. You mm. know, the, and so they got them. But they worked on, but see, no, no, but they worked on the boilers. They weren't making the boilers. And if they were actually making them, I'm gone way into the, the weeds on this, but I am kind of obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> Why were they the boilers? Why yeah. are they the Purdue boilers then? I should know, but I don't. I went there for a year. So The other thing is, what is a Hoosier? No one's ever been able to give me a straight answer. All right. So here's how I understand it. So as you know, similar to Oklahoma, mm -hmm. it was land set aside for the people that we stole the other lands from. And like... Uh, the American government always does. They change their mind. They're like, you gotta, gotta go. But understandably, the native people were like, hey, we're not going. And we're going to attack the settlers that come here. So it came a time where if someone was outside your house, uh, it's going to sound ridiculous, but this is what I was told. You'd say, who's there? Who's there? So it was such a common 
Thin. It became Hoosier. Hoosier. A Hoosier. That's one of the I've versions. That, but that's, I've heard that too. I have to say that's the, okay. that is the, that sounds like the sort of most definitive one. You know what else you were in that I had forgotten about? I'm looking at my notes. See, I have notes. I'm a professional. Yeah. No, you're totally. Chappaquiddick. Right. I love that movie. I thought that movie was great. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I love that movie. Jason Clark was great. Kate was great. You're okay. Um, and okay. Was- <laughs> you know, what's interesting is I think it's very interesting to see movies and go, you know what? This might capture people's attention. And this might be one that we discuss. Like the, the, the cultural processing uh, that we do as a society. And sometimes it, you know, because like It's a Wonderful Life was considered a failure. You know, there's a lot of movies that are great. And, and then there's movies that were completely adored. And I watch them like, this is garbage. Well, I actually am making a list of, I'm making a list of movies that, um, of, of like essential movies. And then it, for me, and then I'm making a list of movies that I don't get, that I, that I know I'm supposed yeah. to. That's actually the more fun list for me. Oh, I want to hear it because I want you to alienate these people. So tell me who I know. Well, these are. And what I realize is looking through the list is there's certain things that are in common. And what is in common in the, is they usually are the sa- same actors or actresses. Like, I know I'm supposed to love them. I know I am. I, everybody loves them. I know I'm supposed to love them. Don't love them so much. Um, or how about this? It was I saw it on TV last night again, and it's on my top 20 is The Thing, John Carpenter's movie. Can we talk? I mean, how many Halloween movies are they going to get? Uh, th- by the way, it's funny you mention Halloween. Halloween, the first one, is on my list of essential movies. Yeah. 100%. It's an essential movie. I had my kids watch that. It's great. Yeah. And by the way, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing. She's great in it. it there's an intangible quality to her mm-hmm. that is likable, vulnerable, empowering. It's pretty amazing. She's great. Um, all right, Mr. Gaffigan, when do you play close to LA? I don't, you know, there's, it's, it's not announced, but there's a friend of mine who's much more famous than me that we were going to do LA together. Mm. It got delayed. And so uh, I don't know. It's weird because LA is a tricky audience. It's okay. It's funny you say that because I have not done LA or New York. I kind of like circle it, but that's, I feel like. Mm. And by the way, I love LA. It's just like places like LA does not need entertainment. It's LA and. Right. And by the way, I wouldn't even say Nashville because I think that Nashville is a, obviously that's an entertainment hub. But I also think New Orleans, they don't need that. They're like, we don't need this. Oh, God, I would love a New Orleans audience. That would be flipping amazing. Oh, you should totally do that. Yeah, I'm psyched. Well, I uh, when, you, when you do play somewhere near here. I'm staying at your house. And I'm going to come heckle you. You can say, uh, Jimmy, you're not that good looking. And, and I'd be like, yeah, right. Well, thanks for coming on. This was great. Thank you. Jim Gaffigan. Who's your... Who's your out there listening to this show? <laughs> I don't know. When I talk with people like that, I just start riffing and being ridiculous. And I had so much fun. And I like that he took control of the show. Hopefully more guests will do that so I can work even less. And now it is time to check the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally 
in our lowdown line, where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hi, Rob. It's Eileen calling from Toronto. First of all, thanks so much for creating your podcast during the pandemic. It really, really helps get through the days. Anyway, my question for you is around grief. I know, not a fun topic, but a really important one. I'm a social worker and bereavement educator, and I was wondering if you could tell us about a significant death in your life and what helped you deal with your grief. Thanks, and keep doing what you do. Thank you for doing what you do. I I always like hearing from people who are actually out in the world making an actual difference. Um, You know, my probably the most significant uh, death in, in my life was my mother. And she died far too young at 64 years old um, of uh, breast cancer. And I was able to be with her when she passed. And, you know, I, I, for me, uh, even something like that that is sort of way too early and unexpected has the quality of the cliche of circle of life. Not some fearful, mysterious moment, although it is certainly fearful and mysterious. But uh, again, thank you for, for, for what you do. Um, you're, you're really making a difference on, on something that uh, is there for all of us. Thank you. And uh, tune in. Tune in. I'm just, tune in like I'm uh, Paul Harvey. Anyway, I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced and engineered by me, Rob Schulte. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Our talent bookers are Gina Batista, Paula Davis, and Britt Kahn, and music is by Devin Tory Bryant. Make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you next week on Literally with Rob Lowe. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance TVs. They're certainly out here, there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires.